Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Council podcast, the number one ranked movie podcast on the Internet, at least according to my personal rankings. My name is Dan Sherry. I will be uh, I will be your host this evening, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed colleagues and my co-hosts, the hotshot banker, Mr. Andrew Sherry. Hello. And of course, the smooth talking Southern gentleman, Mr. Marky Bondurant. Hello. What is going on tonight, boys? So we're 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 a man down. Uh again, we're the you know, kind of a, a last minute thing. We're 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 planning on going uh, you know, doing a four way tonight, but we're we're back down to a menage a trois. And you know what? I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I kind of a... like when it's just the three of us and we're, you know, caressing each other. I mean, talking <laughs> movies. I'm I'm sorry. That that got away from me. But gentlemen, how, how are you guys doing tonight? Good, man. Good TW. Thank you. Yeah, it's been <laughs> the, the weather down here has been perfect, man. I've been loving it. The bugs are starting to die off, but it's not too cold yet. So mm. you go outside, you're not assaulted by a swarm of mosquitoes. It's just pleasant. It's wonderful. I wish I could just, you know quit work and forget all my responsibilities and go play well i'm mm. not not the children responsibilities i'd take them playing with me but you know what i mean yeah. oh yeah fuck okay. the bills fuck the government fuck the job just go outside and go play on a playground for 24 mm-hmm. hours all right maybe i'll do yeah. that maybe i'll just schedule some pto <laughs> ha uh let me guess you're on vacation this week i was gonna say speaking <laughs> of pto no, <laughs> oh, <God> damn <laughs> I don't. No, no, no. I've been. I've oh, been, okay. I've been on. It's it's a little unusual, I know, but no, I've been I've been working. I work okay. actually. I had a busy week at work, so, um, and I have to work tomorrow, so that's not fun. But mm. yeah, mm. let's review a couple movies. Yeah, let's All do right. it. But but I I'll I'll give you a quick uh before we get into the movies uh speaking of work. Yeah. So, how are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, not too bad. So, uh, just a, a couple days ago, you know, I, was, uh, I finally decided to try and find a job, you know, it's been, it's been long enough. So, you know, I think I might've mentioned you guys off, uh, off the air, uh, a week ago, uh, how I applied for a job and they pulled a total fucking bait and switch on me. Like I applied yeah. for one position and they called me and like, yeah, I would love to interview for it. But wait a minute, it's not that position. It's one that's 30 miles away and you have to start at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So fuck that. But I uh, I found, I was looking just a couple days ago, I saw a position that like location, hours, everything was fucking perfect. So I submitted my resume. They called me back in like less than 30 minutes. Oh, shit. And I had a fucking interview there within 24 hours wow so so they seem very motivated to fucking hire somebody and uh they're looking 
looking pretty good that I I might start working there within the next couple of weeks. So nice. That's good to yeah. hear. So you're just in the one interview so far. Do you have any follow up interviews? Yeah, no. Uh, I, they, they're just the one. They said they'll have an answer by like the end of next week, and they'll let me know. Okay. So nice. And yeah. you said it was pretty close to where you are. Yeah, yeah. It's a super short drive. The hours are good for me because I, I uh-huh. fucking hate mornings. So right. like I'd be working from like eleven to seven thirty, which nice. is just well, perfect for me. <laughs> like yeah. I could sleep until nine, ten o'clock, and yeah, it's perfect. I That's good. It. And is the um, have you did you uh, get a chance to talk about pay? Is it something that you're used to? Yeah, uh, the pay is pretty decent. Uh, I mean, okay. it's not uh, the most I've ever made, but certainly not the least I've ever made. So okay, you know, right in that kind of sweet spot. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'm you haven't worked in a little it. bit, so you gotta yeah. Get back exactly. So at this point, anything is gonna feel like a lot of money, but right. you know. So, but it, that's, it should work that's exciting, nice. man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I hope it works out. Yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, how about Mar- Marky? Is there any a- any news this week we want to talk about? Just a little bit of news. And tonight <laughs> on the Movie Council podcast, we have a couple obituaries, as oh, yeah. is tradition in this mm-hmm. show. People are fucking dropping off left and right. I mean, you know, movie industry's been around more than a little bit, and people that we know they get older and they die. And this week, Michael Gambon has died at the age of eighty-two. Uh, a lot of people probably probably know him more from Harry Potter. Now, I don't. I've never seen any Harry Potter movies, so I'm not exactly sure which character he was, but he was an old white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Okay. Okay. I know him from Layer Cake. I love the movie Layer Cake. He played one of the old gangsters in that movie. Um, he's he's a dude. He's an old English actor that's been in the scene since forever. I mean, he's eight, he was eighty two mm-hmm. years old, and I, I'm not certain, but I think he just died from being old. I don't think there was anything yeah. out of the ordinary there. Yeah, eighty two um, sounds about that age, you know. Right. Yeah. Another guy that probably just fell over and died. Uh, David McCollum at the age of 90 and I'm not familiar with this dude, but uh, he was in the original, the man from uncle, the show. Oh yes. And uh, he was also in NCIS, which I haven't watched since I was a kid. I don't know if there was like an older one or if he was playing an old guy in NCIS, but in any case, he's dead. Um, after the obituaries, the more topical news is that mm-hmm. the writer's strike is over. It's we'll scheduled oh, to be that. over this coming Wednesday. The An fourth, applause sound bite, but I don't. But yeah. And, you know, this is close enough to a, applause. Her sploosh. All right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. You know, it's, it's funny because during this writer's strike, you hear about it going on. Um, at the time, if you're not involved in the movie industry or film industry, it's really not going to affect you. But we are going to be feeling the effects later this year and beginning mm-hmm. of next year because there's not going to be any original content coming out. It's yeah. it was it's all been delayed by this strike. So mm-hmm. while it was going on, you might not understand totally what it was for or even care. But if you you know, like new shows, you like new movies, 
you may be wondering in the next uh, two to nine months even or more, mm-hmm. why is there nothing good coming out? Or why is why is this movie that I heard about a year ago not coming out until two years from now? Right. It's because of this writer's strike. It fucked everything up. Yeah. Although some some stuff that was, you know, you know, underway by was was had been stopped can pick back up again and mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know, some of that stuff may fill that gap a little bit, but yeah. Right. And there's also um we talked about it on the podcast, but uh partway through this writer's strike, A twenty four was given the blessing to continue working, the studio A twenty four, because they met the demands of the union. Yeah. And we're allowed to keep on working. Um, and now yeah. that the strike's over, I'm, I don't know what agreement was reached, but it was satisfactory to the union or the the screen the, the screen actors guild, writers guild. Yeah, uh, AJ, you mentioned actually the the screen actors guild may still be on strike. Uh, has haven't heard any new news about that. Yeah, so. I I believe they are, and I, I know their strike. It, it it felt like it had something to do with the writer strike, like almost right. like they were kind of supporting the writers, but they also had their own issues, especially with like AI and uh, uh-huh. you know like background actors. The fact that studios can now just like digitally copy a background actor and then use that same background actor like a hundred times <laughs> with only time. paying them once, you know, yeah. so. Um, I, I know they had some of those issues, but I, I feel like now that the writers have reached an agreement, the mm-hmm. actors shouldn't be too far behind. So, I mean, I, I guess we'll wait and see, so. but I, I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, you know, and, and this one, this, this strike, these strikes happen every now and then. Um, and my history on them isn't that good, but I feel like this strike, this, the screen actors, I'm sorry, I keep saying that. The writer's strike. Th- this one felt very long. Was this like the longest or one of the longest that's happened? I'd, it'd be interesting to look up and see how they compare. Because I remember yeah. other strikes in the past in the film industry. Mm-hmm. But they always seem to be resolved relatively quickly. This one seemed to carry on for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. Because I, I do remember the one... Like back in the day, I remember it was kind of the like the strike that ruined the TV show Heroes, which mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of. And so that one seemed to have a bigger effect when it happened. But I'm not sure if it lasted longer or if it was just because there was less streaming options and like right, you know, it, it since it affected network TV so much, it was more noticeable, but I don't know. E- I, even in that instance, directly affected a show that you were interested in. Yeah, I, I think that's mostly why. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, that's all I've got for the news. Uh, you know, that's um, it's it's good news that uh, the writer strikes over. It's a sad day for Michael Gambon and David McCollum, but they lived a full long life, so mm. we can't be too upset about what they've done. Yeah. So uh, I will bring up one other kind of news-ish things. Because you, you, you mentioned Layer Cake. Made me think of my, one of my favorite directors, Matthew Vaughn. Uh, his new film, Argyle, the trailer just dropped. And this movie looks fucking... Like, it, it looks super Matthew Vaughn-y. And uh, 
yeah, go check it's wherever it's on YouTube, IMDb, everywhere. Go check out the the trailer for Argyle. It looks fucking fantastic, and I cannot wait for that movie. It's finally coming out in uh, February. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. I I saw that trailer earlier today after you sent it. Um, mm-hmm. huge, huge studded cast. You've got uh, John Cena, Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson. Um, yeah, Dua Lipa is in it. Really, Dua Lipa also decided to become an actress. Or, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and um, who was the older woman that uh, looks like she's playing her mother? Um, she's super familiar, but in yeah. any case, it's but. it's it's huge. It's the cast is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of new trailers, if we're talking about that, another one mm. that I shared with you guys was the uh, remake of the Toxic Avenger, yes. starring <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe and Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry. It's Dana Radcliffe's doppelganger, Elijah Wood, and yes. Peter English. <laughs> yeah. There's a trailer out for that right now. It's a red band mm-hmm. trailer. Uh, very gory. Lots of profanity. Looks like a lot of fun, too. So, yeah, that does. Um, yeah. Other than that, HR, you got any news you want to uh, hit on before we get into our, our movie reviews this week? Negative. All right. So. Let's dive right in. We got uh, we, oh, hold, we on, watched... hold on, hold on. Can, okay. Is there some way that people can contact us? Oh my goodness! You know what? There is. Um, is uh, well, of course, social media. We're we're all over social media now. We're on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I refuse to call it X. Uh, also Threads, <laughs> which is kind of part of uh, instagram now and uh youtube as well you can find us everywhere at movie council pod uh if you want to send us an email you can send that email to movie council pod at gmail.com and uh really yes oh it certainly is and uh, I, i will read the emails that you send so send them on over and uh yeah make sure you rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening and if you check out our youtube channel make sure you subscribe and like and uh, all that good shit you know speaking of uh twitter and facebook give us a five-star review it really helps yeah yeah big time absolutely um i know this has nothing to do with movies but i just saw this recently online and i thought it was hilarious then don't say it okay this is a movie podcast the the Twitter CEO, I forget her name, but she was at some sort of, uh, you know, when they, they do the, those big press junkets where they ha- hold like a convention or whatever. And someone snapped a photo of her when she was holding her phone up and she has Facebook on her home screen, but she does not have Twitter on her home screen. <laughs> she's the fucking CEO. Oh, that's fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, at this point, fucking Twitter is just a cesspool. Right. It's gotten out of control. It's going down in flames. Yeah. I mean, not that Facebook is much better. I I, I know there's this new one. Uh, what's it called? Like uh, Blue Sky. Blue Sky. Yeah. But like you need to get invited to really? join and or join a wait list or something. Because I went on to, uh, you know, make a movie council podcast uh, uh-huh. pay, account. And yeah, you have to join a waiting list. So is that. um it. Do you know if that's that if is that one made by the same dude? Uh, I forget his name, but the the Twitter creator, the original guy, because I know that he was planning on making another Twitter essentially. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. And, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, we we can 
talk about this later since we're not yeah. even talking about movies anymore. It's too early <laughs> to get off the this far off the rails. Yeah. So, um, see, well, oh, there's a couple things I wanted to bring up last week that we missed. Uh, but yeah, fuck it. Let's just move on to our movie reviews. What do you say? You want to yeah, get into the it. two movies we watched? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, two new movies yes. uh, that came to streaming. Uh, um, first ahead, one DP. we're going to talk about. Actually, uh, I don't know why I'm saying it because really, Marky's going to set us up on this one. It's uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, which you can now watch on uh, what's called Amazon, Amazon, Amazon Prime. So that is it. Yeah, so this is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. It uh, had a theatrical release. Um, I'm not sure how long it was there. It did fairly well. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, it's actually got very high uh, critic and audience score. And in my opinion, um, I I didn't dislike the movie, but these scores, I feel like, are – there seems Too to high. be – yeah, yeah, some sort of like patriotic bump in these scores. Mm-hmm. It's funny. that you know Guy Ritchie is British. Uh, originally known for making the movies Snatch and Lockstock's Two Smoking Barrel, but then has gone on to make the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, has used Jason Statham in ninety percent of his movies. This one stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'll give you the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis here because they always sum it up pretty well. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Oh, by the way, if you look it up, it's always labeled as Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. It's not just The Covenant. It's always Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I guess I'm going to say about that, too, eventually. (laughs) Okay. So Guy Ritchie's The Covenant follows U.S. Army Sergeant Don Kinley, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Afghan interpreter Ahmed Dar Salim. After an ambush, Ahmed goes to her... her, her, Damn, it's hard to say this out loud. Heroic? No, Herculean. Herculean. I can say it in my mind, but when it tries to come out of my mouth, my lips don't move. Mm. Herculean lengths to save Kinley's life. When Kinley learns that Ahmed and his family were not given safe passage to America as promised, he must repay his debt by returning to the war zone to retrieve them before the Taliban hunts them down first. So, pretty cool premise. Um, At its core, the story is uh loosely based on uh accurate events i mean the afghan war the u.s involvement obviously that's there um the afghan interpreters those they were a huge asset during our 20-year stay and it is true that they were given uh an agreement that they would get access to a speedy visa an american visa um Unfortunately, a lot of those dudes, you know, American just left them out to dry. So the movie itself is uh, like an, an action war flick. Jalen Hall does a good job as always. He's solid. Guy Ritchie, he's a solid director. I mean, he's one of those dudes you can kind of just uh, give him anything. I think he cranks out a good project. The auxiliary cast, they all did very well. But I've got some gripes about this movie. I, like I said, I didn't dislike it. It was done well, and uh, there was aspects of the movie that were touching and memorable. But as a whole, there's things that stood out that just kind of that were hard to get over. Uh, one of them is that whenever they shoot these 
Middle Eastern war movies or just Middle Eastern movies in general, they always do it in Southern California. And you can always, it, Southern California is similar, but you can always tell it's in Southern California. And I know it's much easier and safer and probably impossible to film a movie in Afghanistan, but you know, you do it outside the studio, you do it in their backyard, but just kind of seeing that landscape and knowing that it's they're in California just makes it feel a little bit weird. Uh, a second aspect of this movie that was hard hurdle for me to get over was just the overbearing, like, patriotic bravado that was just kind of pumped down your throat of like it almost felt like a uh propaganda piece at times uh not not as propaganda e as maybe american sniper or lone survivor but it still kind of had that taste to it um and then uh, another aspect about uh what felt a little bit funny is that the movie tried to make itself very realistic and accurate to that. You could tell that they had military advisors on set because of like the way the guys were dressed, the weapons they were using and the lingo that they had, you know, you don't just pull that shit out of your hat. You've got, those things are very down to the detail, you know, military dudes. And I know this from having some military people in my family, they can spot a military guy across the room just from like little weird details that they do. And they can spot a guy across the room that is uh, doing stolen valor that is faking that shit because of the little details that he's doing wrong. So this movie, I mean, it may be that they just had a good uh, interpretation of it, but for me, it felt like they had some advisors that coached them on the way, you know, you wear your sleeves this way, you wear your watch here, knife here, pistol here, the way you talk to each other is like this. And so that was nice. But the, what rubbed me the wrong way was the um, uh, the shooting and the firefights. I mean, it was it rubbed me the wrong way in the sense that the whole movie tried to be realistic. But then when it came to the firefights and the shooting, it was just Hollywood embellished way over the top, which I guess you can't really fault them for that because it is a movie. But it's that stereotypical thing where the two main characters have that plot armor where they're getting a thousand bullets shot at them and they Mm -hmm. miraculously miss them, but their comrades beside them are getting shot in the face left and right. And the guns that the main characters are shooting, their 30 round magazines can shoot 200. Yeah. (laughs) 100, 200 bullets. Right. So ridiculous how little they reloaded. Right. So I just realized that I just griped about this movie for, five minutes without actually describing what the movie was about besides what the synopsis was um mm. but you read you read the rotten tomatoes synopsis. Yeah. yeah and i'll yeah. i'll leave it at that because i'm running out of breath so uh <laughs> dp you watched this movie I, i'm hoping both of you guys did but uh how did you I feel did. about it Man. so i so uh, a couple positives i'll say like one thing i thought the story was a really fucking cool story to tell. Um, I don't think they did a great job of telling the story. Um, I do think the fucking score 
to this movie was fucking top notch. Like, That's a good point. I loved the score and like, it, you know, the way the music really fucking kind of hammered home, like those really tense moments I thought mm-hmm. was fucking great. But I, I feel like they just kind of like they stretched it out too long and they went a little kind of overboard, especially uh, like the scene when um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is home and, you know, mm-hmm. he's on the phone trying to help figure out, try and get the visas and everything. And I think they went kind of fucking overboard and. I even think Hall's performance was a little overboard in those scenes. It was like, it, it was a bit much. They they could have chopped a good like 30 minutes out of this fucking movie. Yeah. And it would have been better. I actually feel like this movie could, like the story and movie could have worked better as just like a ridiculous kind of over the top, like old school Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. Type, just take it even you know? further. Just, yeah, just go fucking all out. If you're going to go all out, go all out. You know, don't bother with trying to make it too realistic. But, um, I mean, overall, it, it was a cool story. And there were some, I like, most of the movie, I thought Hall was great. Um, I, I fucking really loved Homelander in it. Uh, Anthony oh, yeah. Starr. Like, he, he just had a really fucking small role. But when he was on screen, there was this... I know there's something he seemed like a magnetic about his character, yeah. but you know, yeah, like he, he seemed kind of slimy and shitty, but then you know, he comes was, he was also rolling great to in have at around. the end to save them, and you know, um, yeah, yeah, o- overall, it was too long and too kind of messy, but it was a fun story, so I, I, I didn't hate it, right? But like I just uh, so much of it, I was saying, ah, this could be so much better. You know right. what I mean? So it, it didn't suck. I, I wouldn't totally recommend it, but I also wouldn't say don't watch it. You know, it, it's yeah. kind of in the middle for me. It's it felt like you know, I originally watched it on the plane. It was a great mm-hmm. movie to fill the time on a plane ride. I, yeah. Um, but it's not something that I feel like you should seek out or go to the theater for. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I think Guy Ritchie, it, when he does fucking shit like you know, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, uh, that that's his wheelhouse. Stick with that shit, Guy Ritchie. Right. Agreed. <laughs> so, how about you, H.A.? Where where are you at on the Covenant? Or, um, excuse me, Guy Ritchie's the Covenant. Yeah, so when I go on IMDb and I want to look up, you know, Reservoir Dogs, I got to type in Quinn Tarantino's <laughs> Reservoir Dogs, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And if I want to find out more about Taxi Driver, I have to type in Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver, right? <laughs> like, I have to do that, right? Two directors that Guy Ritchie couldn't hold their jockstrap, right? And we did <laughs> yeah. this. And this guy thinks he's so important that he's got to put his name in front of so that you have to put type his name in in order to search the film. Mm-hmm. It's just pretentious bullshit. Like I didn't I, realize mm-hmm. that was the, like that. Damn. Yeah. In order to look it up in Rotten Tomatoes, you got to type Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I, I did. I had a hard time just finding it, but I I didn't know that it was uh, a thing for like badass directors to kind of throw. No, the name. it isn't. It isn't. I was being sarcastic. Oh. 
sorry, that went over my head. <laughs> I I got you, AJ. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I've never looked up. I'm saying Spider. these amazing directors don't. Uh, they don't fine. do it. So why they the don't fuck do is it. Guy Why the fuck is it? this guy who can't gotcha. hold their jockstrap? Right, he can't hold a candle to these directors. And by the way, I'm one of like six people on the planet that did probably didn't like Snatch, right? But oh, that's fine. Yeah, I love that's Snatch. Fine. That's fine. I'm not a Guy Ritchie fan. So I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I felt pretty middling about this, but at, you know, at, at one point, like you know, I got to go back. You knew exactly how it was going to end, and mm-hmm. then and then and then when he had the whole thing with Anthony Starr, you knew he was going to come in at the eleventh hour, and like right. he was yeah. going to make that last minute. Like it was so predictable. Mm-hmm. But you know, it wasn't. It was fine. It was fine. Right. The whole ending was fine, and I agree with Marky that it was like, like they tried to go for some realism in so many regards, but then they, the, you know, all the, all the, like they were so accurate with their shots in so many of these scenes. And right. Like, right. You know, got right, right between the eyes with that. Speaking, with that AR, speaking of accuracy, assault rifle, you know, when like, Homelander comes in with the gunship and he's got laser precision with mowing down these Taliban dudes that are right next to uh guy, Richie and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and, uh, Ahmed on the on that dam he's using an AC with AC-130 gunship and an attack helicopter and he's shooting rockets and shit and huge like 105 shells those things have shrapnel that decimate anything in, in like 15 meter radius and they're right next to him but no it doesn't touch them just the bad guys <laughs> I yeah, their plot little... armor was thick as fuck <laughs> yeah because, like you said, Dan, they they could have like just taken it over the more over the top, and it would have been better, mm-hmm. you know. Because I knew how it was going to end; it was so predictable. I, I, I'd rather go watch Commando, you know. Right, exactly. That's what I was. Thinking you know what I mean? Like, um, the exact but, fucking movie. I, thought <laughs> I want to go watch Commando right now. Think of just think of that. Dude, a Commando setting in that and the Afghan War would 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 leave a better taste in my mouth, I think, than. Uh, the covenant it's one of the things i thought of while dp was talking and i don't mean to cut you short aj but well you uh, did so okay well (laughs) let me finish this thought and i'll give it back to you i think this movie was made too close to the end of the war this was like a supposed to be a feel-good movie and Mm -hmm. when we left afghanistan it felt nowhere near good like we left left that place like shit Right. So to try and like whitewash it with this, like, oh, we did something like good with this guy. We got his family out of there, which yeah. is a made up story. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal's character and Ahmed's character, they aren't real dudes. This didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And for all we know, no one ever did this shit. And all the interpreters are just hanging from a bridge right now. All right. I'm going to give one more opinion that you guys didn't talk about. I don't know if you didn't feel this way. Early on the film, I felt like the acting between the U.S. soldiers like Jill and all and his people. It was like so stilted and wooden and there was just nothing to it. There was no like, you know, like soldiers that they live and like fight together. There's like camaraderie. Yeah. It didn't feel like there was like genuine camaraderie. It felt like Jake Gyllenhaal just acting and these people just sort of like. I feel like in they the, tried in the scene with in the scene with him, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. I think they it, tried felt, it felt more like a movie than it did like. You know, it wasn't believable like to me. Right. And then, yeah. you know, there was no chemistry between him and his wife. And I know that's not what the movie was about, but, you know, he just didn't have a lot of chemistry with other characters, even Ahmed, mm-hmm. because most of the time he was like, Ahmed was wheeling him around like, you know, 
um, these part these places in Afghanistan and trying to keep him out of sight. They weren't really acting together in a lot of scenes. But then when he goes to rescue them, they're acting like old friends, you know? Right. Like, it just didn't seem earned. Right. A lot of these like payoffs that they were trying to give me, it didn't seem yeah. earned. They were like, well, here's the payoff because that's what's supposed to happen here almost mm-hmm. rather than rather than something that was earned uh, something you felt like you could feel something about uh, yeah. that that probably you just put words to it and where I didn't I couldn't quite put a finger on it because there was something that just felt off like the entire time and it's it's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie where people are acting around him but they're it's just they don't connect no one connects there's mm-hmm. the guy I forget his right. rank, but he's inside. Joan Hall interacts with him a fair amount. He's the the tall blonde dude that is like uh, Bjorn yep. Ironside mm-hmm. from Vikings. Like they're supposed to be like these old buddies, and like, I th- well, Bjorn Ironside, like he's just also not like the greatest actor, but like they weren't clicking. Still, yeah, no one mm-hmm. really clicked. Uh, that being said, I thought yeah. Ahmed's character was the most was the most badass character. In the yeah, movie. he was cool. He was, he was yeah. cool. I think he did a good job. And like, you know, a lot of the stuff was like physical, right? Because he mm-hmm. had to like, get, he had to like, you know, he had to get into like these like um, close quarters, like, um, you know, he was trying to kill the guy up close, like choking right. him or knifing right. him or whatever. Yeah, he's and getting so, dirty. Right. So he did it. I thought he did a good job. Mm-hmm. And Hall is usually good, but I agree with you, DP. Like some of the stuff with him, like, Although I thought some of it was funny when he was like getting real aggressive on the telephone, like yeah. drunk. Like that was I will yeah. find where you live. Yeah. <laughs> but you know there was some overacted parts of that too. Yeah. So you know, so it was kind of both things to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I this one left me a little cold because it just it wasn't. It was trying to be like it was trying to make you feel like Mark. You said like good about this, like we did something good. But it mm-hmm. never felt that way to me. It never ever. It tried to make way. you feel good, but it's a made up story. Right. And the real life situation is not good. Terrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 These interpreters did get fucking left behind. Um, yeah, and they show all these, like the montage of these photos at the end. Yeah. And I'm supposed to, you know, and I, and I'm thinking to myself, how many of those those guys were like after the fact did they actually get their visas or were they hunted down by the taliban dude i've never heard <laughs> you know of them I, mean? I don't i don't it's not my uh circle or wheelhouse or anywhere to like be looking up stories about where these guys are or how they're doing but i've never heard a story a real life story of one of these guys coming across the states i've right. heard i've heard stories from dudes that have been in uh combat units that were over there that had interpreters and ended up losing contact with them and they disappeared probably most likely were taken by the taliban like i have heard i have heard more stories about like dogs that people fucking found over in afghanistan brought them home that they brought home than fucking the interpreters that fucking saved lives Yeah. yeah So overall, like not not very impressed with this thing. I don't know. I, I I agree with you about the ratings too, especially the audience score. Rotten Tomatoes very patriotic, overly patriotic thing. Like, come on. Yeah, it was. A, it seems like an overly patriotic thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, big time. It, it was just very stale to me. It was just a stale it was. thing. You know, and 
Um, going back to like the gunfights and uh, the action and stuff, that first big action scene when they're at that like mining center and they find like the bomb making uh, group and Yep. RPGs go off, C4 goes off, you know, everything starts blowing up. Um, if you pay attention to like what's in the background, it's just like that cheesy like digital smoke that just looks really crappily copy and pasted. It doesn't Mm. Right. match with the environment. It's, it's a lot of those special effects. And then one of my biggest pet peeves is when actors are using a firearm and they're just willy-nilly pretending to have recoil and they're just like shaking the gun all around. Yeah. Like you've never held a real gun before, don't know what. Anyways, but I realize Yeah, I'm from the south and we all shoot guns when we're babies, but it, it, yeah, and I feel like, you know, it wasn't like super well directed. Maybe it's just uh, I have a bias against Guy Ritchie. I don't think it was very well directed personally. Like I just It was adequate in my mind. It it wasn't anything uh, fine, else. but anybody It was could have anybody could have done that. uh to Yeah. a degree, yes. It wasn't Right. it was a Like very it was poorly edited. I think that it was too. very poorly Yeah. edited. Maybe Yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. But but the directing was very um middle of the road. There was nothing Yeah. groundbreaking. Yeah. Right. Just... About this guy that puts his name in the front of the movie and, and makes it like a point to do that. I just thought that was so obnoxious. You know, Anyway, when I try to look up the covenant on it's Rotten like, Tomatoes. let's cue another. Let's cue another pickup truck full of Taliban for the scene. Like, bring them all in. Like, it was just, it just didn't, it didn't, it, it wasn't, yeah, it should have been, it should have been better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to be on his side for a minute here, and it's possible that he called it Guy Ritchie's The Covenant because when I look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, there are three other movies called The Covenant. Don't care. Uh, one from 2017, another 20, 2006, and then 1985. So maybe he was just trying to. called something else then Yeah. <laughs> But I just, I just think it's obnoxious I'm sorry that's just my own no, take you know, on it I just I don't like that like fine do I agree. whatever you want dude you, yeah Madonna didn't want to stay married to you fine you know <laughs> I'm just talking this shit is, random shit now yeah, I know, right? Like, throwing Madonna shade out of nowhere. yeah I know I know <laughs> I can, I, I can say I like it though. <laughs> you haven't written a good song since yellow <laughs> Uh, that's an odd but take. overall, Linda. He does look a lot like that guy, though. Who, <laughs> mm. Chris Martin? Yeah, Yes. him, him and Guy Ritchie look a lot alike. And they both dated Madonna, or were Oh married my to god! her, at least. You know, she's she's very good, good, consistent taste, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Pasty so, um, albino type Englishman. <laughs> yeah. So what do we got for a number on this thing? You guys want to rate this out of five? Yeah. Yeah, son of a bitch. All right. Um, was I'm it? going to give it right in the middle of the road, two and a half. Yeah, that's Okay. Okay. about where I'm, I'm just above halfway, so I'll give it 2.75. Okay. Now, It's not quite a three, but it's a little better than two and a half. So, yeah, two, two and three quarter. I'm with Marky. Two Yeah. 2.5. Yep. Yep. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I just, Not the biggest so piece of it was, shit ever, it, but come no, on, no, no, you know? no. It was, and part of it was entertaining, I guess, to a degree, Yeah. but it was just, it was so middling. Yeah. Yeah.
so middling. It was like Marky was saying, like, oh, it was cool to watch on a plane. Like it killed some time. And yeah. it's just the best. That's like the best you got for it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like come on, guys. You know, because there was a really film. The story at its core. Well, the writing wasn't it's... very good. I mean, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like writing you would you would sit back and be like, wow, that could no. that could sneak that could sneaky get like Jake Gyllenhaal an Oscar. Like, no, no, no. no, no. And even the very beginning, the 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 uh, the writing at, from the jump kind of annoyed me when they're standing around this checkpoint and they're referring to each other as uh, their nicknames, mm-hmm. and it seemed to be like Guy Ritchie trying to put in a little bit of his style where he's like putting the text underneath their names and like, cause he's always yeah. doing something a little bit funny to like mix things up. And right. I guess that was his twist on that, but it's just a little bit lame. And then <laughs> the action scenes, none of the action scenes were memorable in any no, way. No, that's mm-hmm. a really great point. Actually. That's they, a really know, great point. They didn't point. do anything new. And it a lot of the, uh, that mining scene action sequence uh that felt almost like a b movie like uh Mm -hmm. very well treaded like i said earlier the special effects i was just poking holes in the smoke and the fire i think the most effective action sequence was that like really fucking short one when he when ahmed like got him just with the cart just before the base and those Taliban guys mm-hmm. showed up and you know so uncovered I knew it, it and he just I pulled knew out what the you were talking about boom, boom boom because that like, was the best. like he was yeah. executing them more than yeah like... and then choked the dude to death but that was like the most memorable scene right yeah there were about two or three scenes where like it's like a whole host of Taliban and they got like you know the U.S. pinned down the U.S. guys pinned down or whatever it is right mm-hmm. it almost felt like rinse and repeat like they, it was just yeah. felt like the same scene over and over again right? I think it was like the same truck and the same actors. Like right. Over and over. right. It, yeah. it felt that, like an SNL skit. That's something. No, that's that's Commando, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's Commando. The same, but the Commando, same Commando was fun, Marky. Okay. Yeah, Commando was fun. It was the same white dude with brown face and like a glued on mustache. Right. And you're like, I just saw that guy get hit with a saw blade. Yeah. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger stabs him with his fucking machete. Yeah. Yeah. There's an explosion and a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, and, there he is yeah. again. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> God, at least I was like, at least I was self-aware enough to know it was like it was an action right? film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It knew what it was and it and it played to its strengths. You know, this this movie was like like trying to be you know more serious than it actually should have been taken. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Not a fan. Not really a fan. And uh, like you said, it tried to be too serious. I mean, it's. I agree with you, Marky. Like, I would not recommend this to the majority of people. No. I'd want to recommend a film to, you know. There's far better war films out there, like Black Hawk Down and. Oh, yeah. You know, same forever. Mm -hmm. Like, better films that are just like, you know, I, I mean, I say Black Hawk Down just because of, you know, where the theater of war in that film is and like. You know what took place, and like, but I just, so much of that yeah, movie, people everything being about pinned that down, movie. and yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All aspects of that movie shine where the Covenant 
was failing. You can't even compare them. I think that's probably unfair of me to even say that because mm-hmm. Black Hawk Down is just a superior war film, just it's in fantastic. general. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not fair to do that, right? You know, so, and yeah. so I, I, I halfway made this comment earlier, and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, put put some more emphasis on it. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant felt like a B movie when it came yeah. to it's a modern day B movie that made a theatrical release mm-hmm. when it came to a lot of this shit. Because yeah. of the name on it, because this guy's known as mm-hmm. you know edge edge and edgy filmmaker or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that you know that's probably why it got a uh a theater release or what have you, you know? Because right. otherwise I don't know that it should. No. I wonder what it did at the box office. I'm curious about that is do you guys well, have that information? No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, we don't have TW. He's usually got that tattooed on right. his forearm. <laughs> um, besides Jake Gyllenhaal, there's not. He's the he's the top guy, obviously. Yeah, Anthony Starr's in it. Anthony Stark, but he's only Anthony Stark's only recently getting some traction. And he they don't give him nearly enough to do in this film. No. Uh, and then Bjorn Ironside, I don't even know that guy's real name, but you know his face. Like that's about it. When it comes to, well, there's Johnny Lee Miller was in it, who, I mean, I I know him a lot from uh, he was Sherlock Holmes on the uh, American Sherlock show called Elementary, and he was, he's the colonel that gets them the visas at the end. Mm. Um, That was that was Johnny Lee Miller. Yes, the dude from fucking Hackers that used to go out. Looks so uh, old in this. I know. Who uh, to Angelina Jolie? He used to go out with Angelina Jolie, and yeah, he huh. got. I didn't even recognize him at first. The only reason I knew it was him was because it was on fucking Amazon, and I hit pause and I saw the fucking you know. X-ray oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's Johnny I lo- Miller. I love the that. Fuck X- out of here. <laughs> I love that X-ray thing. Yeah, things badass. Yeah. So uh. All right, so here, oh boy, wow. Box office, uh, budget 55 million, uh, worldwide gross, uh, 21 million. Oh, oh my wow. god, <laughs> ouch, that thing hemorrhaged. Well, you know, it was, money. it was produced by Guy Ritchie, too. So, yeah, Jesus. So. damn, I would have thought he's gonna have to do something to recoup that. What's he gonna right. do? I would have thought he would at least made his money back on that because of that Rotten Tomatoes score. I mean, that was a big fucking bomb. Like nobody, nobody asked for something like this though. Like it's not like we're clamoring for right. you know, this kind of film. Like you know what? Was, that like, Afghan... That's what it's all about. Like you can't drop put people in yeah. seats for something that nobody was asking for. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's already been enough of them that were you know bet like fucking you know we've already had the Hurt Locker or you know yeah. even yeah. like even Thirteen Hours which. Yeah, not the best movie, but still better than this because it was at least real, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm a I I very much do not like American Sniper or Lone Survivor. I feel like those are just heavy mm. America propaganda pieces that yeah overly <laughs> gross this situation. Um, yeah, I didn't see American Sniper, but I'm told it's not great. Yeah, it's it almost feels like they put. Clint Eastwood's name on it and then someone else directed it and like he was you know sleeping in a trailer somewhere or something there's why is it, it doesn't make any sense that it's not a Clint Eastwood movie 
but what is oh that's what it is but um, there's a did you guys see that one triple frontier yeah uh <laughs> like it was a ben affleck oscar isaac it had a lot of people yeah yeah like a crazy fucking stacked cast and Oh, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that good. It, it was, was better than this one, but it was uh, maybe, but not not much better. It no. was at least it was that one kind of felt like a B movie, but it was at least interesting in its premise, and mm-hmm. the characters had more of a relationship. Yeah, um, it's interesting. They, they felt more like a team that fucking right. you know supported each other versus you know like uh, Gyllenhaal's fucking team in this. Like, uh, do you remember any of their names? Uh, uh-uh. yeah, exactly. JJ, okay. JJ, and Chow Chow. It was all Chow, yeah. so lame. But, but I'm thinking, like, usually Jake Jake Hall makes pretty good decisions on like roles, yeah. and I just I didn't. I don't know. Well, this the one budget was five million. This one was question, questionable. This or something. Yeah, questionable at best is mm-hmm. this sort of like choice of a film to do. You know, maybe he wanted to get. I don't know. Has he been anything in a war film? Like, I mean. Anything I feel like uh, he did. I don't think so. No, maybe he, he wanted to in. get in on a, a war film, like he wanted to do something. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. You know, some actors want to get certain. I want to play a soldier. Get, yeah, I want to play a soldier. I want to, but yeah, right. And maybe he thought, like, he read the script oh. and he thought that was enough to chew on. Hey, he was in that movie Jarhead. That's right. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. I didn't see that. That was an odd. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a Sam Mendes movie, right? Uh, you would have to tell me. I, yeah, yeah, I don't I remember. I watched that was, when I was like yeah. in high school or something. Mm-hmm. I remember being let down about that movie because there was like zero action in it. But the movie's not about the action. It's about like the lack of. It's about the soldier, mm-hmm. and, and during the Gulf Storm, like first Gulf Storm, and like the lack of shit to do. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting piece. It's got Jamie Fox as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's I don't know, man. Like, why make a movie? Why try to make a feel-good war movie about the Afghanistan war when we just left? And by and large, right. the public perception is very negative. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when Vice came out. Uh, we talked about this before too. The, the um, Dick Cheney profile. Um, it that movie bombed when it came out. It's just a poor timing. It was a great movie, but it was yeah. uh, it came out during a time where and I forget what was in the zeitgeist at the time, but I do remember that uh, Americans as a whole were not happy with the American government. And here comes a movie about yeah. the. U.S. vice president about how shitty he is yeah. or was during office. Like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. We already know it sucks. Don't yeah. rub it in our faces. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah, is exactly the same with this. Like, I mean, do you remember those fucking videos of, like, the planes taking off and oh, yeah. all the fucking Afghani people, like, running, trying to jump onto the fucking plane, the plane? And Yeah. yeah Holding out the wheel well. Yeah, terrible right. stuff. So, yeah, it would have been any event. It would have yeah. been more fun maybe if they did just go like full commando and like if you're gonna make a fictional movie, mm-hmm. go full go on and, fiction and have a good yeah, goddamn go time, nuts. right? Yeah, make it fucking you know Rambo 
You know? Yeah, like, I mean, like explosive I said, explosive arrowheads and shit. You know, go right. crazy. <laughs> like I said, you could have predicted what was going to happen. Like halfway through the, you're like, yeah, all right, yeah. he's going to have to get back there and save him, and he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a big like thing at the end shootout. And they're going to get away. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's if, exactly what happened. Right? What if they? What if? What if? Uh... Uh, Homelander accidentally mowed them all down on the dam. Yeah, oh shit! Funny. I thought you were bad guys. Right. Uh, thanks, Homelander. Yeah. 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 I mean, you already know he's an asshole. You saw him kill that fucking what was it, the senator from Baltimore or the mayor of Baltimore, and he that's a chopped his plane in half. Yeah, such a good show. Yeah, that's a. The boys is what we're talking random about. reference to the boys, folks. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go watch it. <laughs> watch Gen uh, V, which I think I'm gonna watch. Yeah, yeah that's just, a new show. Just dropped. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it into yet, that. I'll check it out. It's like a spinoff, yeah. right? Yeah, but it's got yeah. some of the same actors like playing like recurring roles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, all right, boys. Uh, you guys want to talk about the other movie we watched this week? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so then uh, the next movie that uh, we watched and we are going to talk about here is uh, it's a movie that you can find on Hulu. I believe it's like a Hulu original film or whatever, you know, premiered on Hulu. It is called No One Will Save You. Uh, Just dropped about a week ago. Um, It's actually doing pretty well. It's, you know, been like on the you know, top list on Hulu for a little while. It is written and directed by Brian Duffield. It stars Caitlin Deaver and pretty much no one else. It is almost all Caitlin Deaver. <laughs> and uh, the real, real quick kind of one sentence uh, synopsis of this film an exiled, anxiety written homebody must battle an alien who's found its way into her home. And that, yeah, pretty much sums it up. It's a film about these uh, aliens that come to Earth and are trying to, apparently, as we find out through the movie, like take over human beings and, I guess, I don't know, take over the planet. I guess is uh, basically what happens. But this movie... um, I will say, so here's the thing. I usually don't take notes when I'm watching the movies, just due to laziness. But when I was watching this one, I did grab my notebook because about like 15, 20 minutes in, there had been no dialogue whatsoever. Not a fucking single word had been spoken. And I'm like, huh, all right, let me grab my notebook so I can kind of write down the time when they finally say something in this movie. Uh, and I never fucking wrote anything down because this movie is like the like the ultimate version of show don't tell because there is no dialogue in it at all. I know I think at some point um, Caitlin Deaver's character, uh, she does actually say something, I think once or twice, but it, it's very short. She, there's no back and forth between multiple characters ever in this movie. It is all just her reacting. And for me, like, I love Caitlin Deaver. I, I've been a huge fan of hers since uh, she was a young kid on Justified. 
And like as a young girl, I was like, wow, this this fucking girl's got talent. I can't wait to see what she does for her career. And so I was super excited to see her have a starring role. Um, now I'll, I'll I'll save my uh, opinion on it till afterwards because uh, I I do want to hear what everyone else thinks. Let's say I want AJ's opinion on on this movie. AJ, no one will save you. What did you think? Where where are you at on this one? Okay, no one will save me, but will someone explain to me what the hell was going on in this movie? Because <laughs> I was so confused. Like, and usually I'm like happy to be confused because then when the big reveal comes, mm-hmm. I feel like the big reveal was all metaphorical. Maybe like I, I don't I don't know that it was a real that that the alien invasion was real per se as it was more like she had like something in her past that she had not come to grips with she's living right. this I, I sort of like idyllic life in her family home her mother passed away you see her sitting by her grave mm-hmm. um, at some point before you know shit gets weird and she's sort of living this like blissfully ignorant like life you know um, doing her thing at home sort of isolated out in the country this small town slash country and she has this we find out after this alien alien slash home invasion that happens she's sort of like well before that happens she sort of sees this woman and the chief of police like walking out she she hides from them and like oh Mm -hmm. that's interesting and then she and then that night there's so even back up a little bit there's the neighbor that she tries to wave at and the waver just the neighbor just stares at her and is like right not yeah i'm not waving right she seems like she might be an outcast ostracized yeah yeah Yeah, definitely and so then the thing happens where this alien sort of invades her home and it's like basically what you would think an alien would look like that's sort of why in my head i think like it's sort of in her head, but maybe that's up for interpretation. Maybe I don't know. You guys can tell me what you think, but it's sort of what you would think an alien look like, right? This flying saucers are what you think a flying saucer would look like, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? And so she escapes like the the torment of that overnight. She runs into town, and then she tries to go to the police station, and the woman's there, and she spits in her face, and you're like, okay, <laughs> all right. She she she, yeah, yeah. and then and then she, you know, you find out like, um, that this you do find out that this her friend of hers died. You don't know exactly what happened until it gets like spoilers, listeners. You know, until you get further on, you find out that she killed her in a fit of rage. They were in an argument. She picked up a rock and she hit her with it. She killed her. She she was a very she was a little girl when she did it. Yeah, right. it was Girl like was, me with Brett Feldman. Right. She was, <laughs> I think they were like 12, right? Because it was like yeah. 2000 yes. to 2012 was the gravestone. Right. For Maude, her friend Maude. And she's writing letters to Maude, you know, in her spare time and all this stuff. So my take on it was this whole thing was her like having to face that. And these mm-hmm. aliens were sort of like, I don't know. Sort of like, like it was that it was like that like boogeyman thing of that. Like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Maybe I'm wrong because there's all these like crazy imagery with like the thing keeps tormenting her eventually sucks her up into the, into the spaceship is, you know, you know what happens when you get sucked into a spaceship right there, right? Mm -hmm, They probe you, they probe you, they examine you, whatever. And they do that to some degree to her, but they see inside her and they see what she's gone through, et cetera, whatever. And they just let her go. And then the end is just left weirdly ambiguous and she's happy in this everyone's back to normal because some of the but then you can't quite tell are is everyone overtaken by aliens because you still see the flying saucers in the sky like is everyone I've, else I've alien got my, i've got my theory I, yeah i'm very confused but by that no, part i'll too. let you, you guys go on so I've, here, I'll... here's what i'll have to say i don't know if i like this movie because i don't entirely understand it mm-hmm. i will say fair enough I yeah, so I'm not sure. Like, I, I maybe I need to watch it again. You know, some movies take multiple viewings. I'll admit it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Caitlin Fever was good. I think she did a good job. I mean, I think she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. I think um, she was very convincing when she was showing fear, when she was yeah. running from the alien, when she was being um confronted by the alien for which it takes many forms just that one with the like super long legs yes mm-hmm. and then the, like it was a really yeah, short one yeah right that I don't scene know what... on the bus when it takes over the people's bodies which was fucking right my favorite scene of the movie that bus scene i thought was a badass so you know i i you know i am a sucker for sci-fi film any kind of sci-fi film i'm hooked and i'm not saying i didn't like this i'm saying i'm not Sure, I need to understand it more to like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think that I requires towards it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I need a second viewing because I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. like the color palette. I like how it was filmed. The mm-hmm. uh, director there, uh, he was, uh, he did the screenplay for Love and Monsters. Oh, oh okay. did, I didn't even know that. Yeah, okay. all right. So yeah, he's cool. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Here's another film I want to see called Spontaneous. Check it out. Mm. You can purchase it for rent on Prime. It looks kind of cool. I haven't uh, heard so that one. He might be a cool up and coming director. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Is that and spontaneous? I and, and I know Spont- you loved Love and Monsters, DP. I did. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Spontaneous. Yeah. Did he direct that one or just write it? I think he directed it. Yeah. It okay. was like a couple years ago, 2020, 2021, okay. something like that. But Marky, mm-hmm. may yeah, shed some light on it for me. Help me understand. Yeah. Well, this thing. DP, do you want to take a run at it first? Because I've I've um, I've got a, quite a bit to say about this movie. No, but I I do want to say one thing. Not really taking a run at it. It just something my thought of as I was watching it is like w- with Caitlin Deaver. Can you imagine like what that is like? Like as an actor, like your you know your manager, your you know, agent comes to you and it's like, hey, they want you for the lead in this movie. Here's the script. And you read the script and see you don't have a single fucking line in the movie. Yeah, in the, the, the script. The star? No, the, the script screen, is on one the, page. The, the, right. The, no, yeah. the script is probably like all stage direction. Like, yeah, exactly. All, like, there, there's mean, like, no fucking thing for her to it's say. It's all telling all her movie. what to do. Like, you know, like hide behind yeah. this. Right. And for her yeah, to like, like take on that role is, uh, I gotta say, I give her mad props for that. I think that's fucking daring and impressive. And I think she pulled it off pretty well. Mark, I'm holding my breath for your for you to take a run yeah. at it. But first, Bring before it, you do before you do okay. that, I did like the color palette at times in this mm. film. 
Like I did too, yeah. Like the glowing and the way it was in the that part with like that thing they're putting that thing in her mouth, like the, right. the, the mm-hmm. parasite weird, like, thing. Parasite thing. Yeah, like it looked the like color a brain palette. Almost. Yeah. yeah, like that whole thing was kind of wild and I liked how it was filmed. It felt but... a bit like an homage to close encounters for me, like yeah. the, the way that lighting was and the way the ships were. It felt the, like the, the spotlight and all that. Yeah, yeah. The glowing through the windows. And I didn't understand the Mm. different colors of the clothes. Like at one point I was like, one of them's the one that sucks you up. Then there's a gold one that's been glowing, yellow one that that they're shining around. Is that what they're just trying to locate her? Or like whatever. Marky, please. Without further ado. Well, I think there is uh I I actually didn't really even think about it until you mentioned it, AJ, but I think there is a lot more to there's a lot more open to interpretation in this movie than I originally thought. Um, I also was wondering about the ending at the end and I, I refrained from Googling it. I really wanted to, I, cause I'll do that sometimes when I get done watching a movie, I'll just type in Google, you know, title of the movie ending explained. That's an right. easy cop out. And I'll, you'll find blog posts of people that are discussing it. And then you'll, kind of use other people talking about it to help form your opinions i refrained mm. from doing it this time and i was wanting to hash it out with you guys so maybe i can be the one to help drive it home with you um because once i got done watching it i, I took a shower and i was really thinking about it and i was like oh you know what i actually i think i i think i landed on something that makes sense for me and i'll i'll get to that but i want to talk about the movie as a whole and what i liked about it before we get there um, first thing out the gate, the intro shot, you see her house from the exterior and the property. I'm like, oh, that's a nice place to live. And then it mm-hmm. starts showing the interior shots. And I was just getting rock hard for this house. I'm like, this place is fucking dope. I mean, as a mm-hmm. person that's like somewhat in the housing on the hunt for a house, I'm like this place mm-hmm. is a dream, dude. This house looks so cool. It's this old mid-century American house that is, you know, a bunch of wood wood stairs, wood railings, uh, two-story like farmhouse, and with right. some property and and a lake out front or a pond. Mm. It just seemed like the dream. So she building the the intro. This girl is by herself, and she's well put together. And she seems she's got her routine. She seems well put together and she's doing everything uh, as a very kind of um, well-rounded person, I guess. Uh, She's got this awesome piece of property. Uh, She's got like this hobby. You never find out in the movie how she's making money. Maybe she's got a trust fund from like her or some money that was left to her from her. I felt uh, like she like was making dresses or dresses okay yes that she was sending to people like she has like a fucking etsy shop or something like that because remember she went to the that's um, what i thought yeah yeah well the post uh the mailbox there and was you know throwing stuff in the mailbox she did she did ship something out you're right yeah and then i assume that's what it was yeah the things the diorama thing was just like a hobby or something she's like building this fake town and that kind of comes into play at the very end of the movie um but the I liked the uh, the stereotypical aliens, the stereotypical spaceships. I thought that was almost like 
no muss, no fuss. It's like we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Mm -hmm. These are aliens. Like this, right? it doesn't matter what they look like. <laughs> the point of the story is that this girl is by herself. Right. right. It wasn't ostracized. about the creature design. Right. Yeah. Right. It's gotcha. the story is that she is ostracized in town, lives on this piece of property by herself. There's no one will save you. And she has to deal with this problem herself. Um, and I thought her tenacity was pretty, uh, it was admirable, right? Like it was kind of funny watching it. Um, again, like thinking about uh, the covenant or just, you know, my location in the U S uh, in the South where everybody has, there's, there's more guns and there are cars on the road. And so to think that like this alien could come into your house and not just get blasted. Like, so this, like in my head, I'm thinking like, you don't have a single gun in your house. Like, what are you doing? Like she's getting her sewing scissors and stuff, but it, oh. it, it, it adds to the element of the thrill. Um, this movie is a science fiction thriller horror. It's only rated PG 13. So it's not like overly violent or gross or anything. But and the the aliens have like these telekinetic powers, and they almost seem to be uh, toying with her, or uh, you know they they feel like there's they're not afraid obviously afraid of her, um, mm -hmm. but she keeps beating them, but, but right. she's terrified the whole time. And again, you guys mentioned that Caitlin Deaver, uh, fantastic job. Uh, with no dialogue does an excellent job conveying these emotions. And mm. it's this roller coaster of watching her deal with this issue first with the uh, social, social issues within her community. You're like, Oh fuck, that sucks. Something bad happened. This is very awkward. Obviously she's hiding from people as she goes into town. This isn't good. And then, she's out here in the middle of nowhere and shit's popping off and now she's fighting life and death tooth and nail to survive against an alien um it was a bit of a roller coaster i i enjoyed it i enjoyed the movie as a whole quite a bit there was a lot uh it was it, you were trying to piece it together as you watched it which i enjoyed and it wasn't until the very end that I feel like that it was kind of open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, my opinion on the very end. So she gets at one point, she gets the, they successfully get that parasite in her and she dreams that mod is still alive and it doesn't take long. in this dream state that she knows that this is fake and she like forces the parasite out of herself. Yeah. And then she continues to fight the aliens. Um, and then they, they finally su successfully abduct her. They are peering into her mind. And then we as viewers also assum assuming the aliens are seeing what we're seeing. Her torment of how she lives every day that she killed her best friend. On mm -hmm. a, uh, somewhat on accident in a fit of rage and has to go through life this way and they through that build her the ideal life 
but not a fake one. She knows that the life that they try to give her through the parasite was fake with Maud. Mm -hmm. They give her the ideal life that she was trying to build with this diorama at the very beginning of the movie with this idyllic town where people wave to her. You remember she was practicing the dance in the very beginning of the movie. She right. just wants to be a part of town again. She knows yeah. that Maud's dead. She can't bring Maud back. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the aliens, they're taking over the world, but their intention is to, um, give everybody this like paradise um it didn't work with uh caitlin deaver so they 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 created right. a paradise for her in real life everyone else has got the parasite in the throat i think those people that she's dancing with in that fake town i think those are parasite alien humans yeah and she's the only one that's just getting to live out her fantasy mm -hmm. of dancing and going about town right so yeah because i see it um so at the very beginning, the first alien that comes into her house and she fucking kills she it. She gets him. Yeah, she right? gets him. Right, and she, she puts the thing, and you know, and then she goes into town to try and get help, but the town all fucking hates her, and so she right. doesn't get any help. She's a pariah, yeah. And yeah, and it, like I said, that bus scene with the other, those people there that clearly had been taken over by aliens, they knew that she had killed that alien, and so they're mm -hmm. all pissed at her for doing it. And then went after her. Um, you know, obviously she got away. There was that. Uh, when she gets back to the house, it seemed very much like it was like a a child alien and its mother that were in the house. You know, the one where she like, you know, puts the thing through the shoulder of the alien. It sticks against a wall as she jumps out the window. Hits it with the cabinet. Yeah. And it seemed like that was, you know, like the a, a child and its mother. And when they finally get to her, uh, you know, and like I said, and they put that thing, the parasite in her and they realize that, like, she's already gone through that trauma of, like, you know, killing someone and regretting it and the rest of the town hates her. So, you know, like, th as the aliens, they've realized, like, oh, her, you know, uh, you know, Shangri-La, what, what she would like most is if, you know, the rest of the town were aliens and she wasn't. And so that's why they just kind of let her be and took over everyone else. Right. And, you know, and they realize she's already kind of, you know, like uh, punished herself for the what she's done in her life. And even though they killed, she killed that other alien, you know, she's already kind of had the penance. So. They're just like, you know, they took over everyone else and let her be her because, you know, she she would be happier that way. And that is kind of what these aliens are looking for is to kind of make everyone happy and, you know, have a like a perfect kind of, uh, you know, little perfect town where everyone's happy. And her happiness would be not being an alien and everyone else being an alien. <laughs> right. So do you think that, like, so when they peered into her and they saw that memory and they saw mm -hmm. what she had done. When she killed Maud. And then instead of, I feel like maybe instead of doing whatever they did to everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. put them, they expelled her from the spaceship. She got yeah. tossed out. Ooh, that could be it. Yeah, like everyone else. 
they got their him. thing done to their thing. Yeah, like they mm-hmm. got whatever they had they had. And then she got expelled for the reasons that you're saying. Like she got yeah. expelled and she was able to just be her right. self. That's a, it's yeah. such an interesting it's, take on that. Such an this is definitely a second watcher movie. Like I, I That's definitely what I mean. gotta watch I, it again. I almost feel like I can't even rate this right now because I want to mm-hmm. see it again. Yeah, the, there's I, a lot. I going was intrigued on. by it, and I and there's didn't no know what fucking dialogue. <laughs> like, yeah, the, not a single fucking uh, like back and forth between two people in the whole goddamn movie, and yet it it's is so goddamn deep and like it so much going weird. on. And yeah, like I said, it is that. the fucking perfect so, show. Don't tell because you, you learn you so said... much. You know, she killed her friend. Her mom's dead. Her friend's parents hate her guts. We know all this, and there's never fucking said a word. Right. Like, that's so fucking, that's great filmmaking to me. I think that's awesome. There's, there's just, like, alien shrieks and, like, guttural screams. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and, like, like gasps here gasp, and there. Like, like, oh! And then there's, there's points yeah. where, like, someone's about to speak and open their mouth. They're like, ah. And then, yeah. like, and then just walk comes. away. Yeah, like, yeah. the cop there, the, right. the police chief, which is apparently Maud's dad but even that's powerful in itself like he's about mm-hmm. to say something and then he's and like just, he yeah and his so, wife spit in her face right and it kind of felt like he was like yeah time, i know you're a kid time, i feel bad right. for you uh but I, just, I got nothing to say right but you can't all of that work. said with no words like right. they th- that's so fucking cool i i thought so, that was awesome dp you mentioned that you at about 15 or 18 minutes you noticed that there was no mm-hmm. dialogue aj was there a time that you realized that you remembered like hey no one's actually said anything yeah probably a little further on than that but maybe i don't know half an hour in 40 minutes uh, so in. i noticed for me it was 28 minutes because i paused it because i had to go to the bathroom and i was like no one said a word yet and i, I had the same thought that the dp did i was like yeah. i'm gonna get my notebook and i'm gonna I'm write gonna this write down that. and i'm gonna <laughs> oh once I, I realized it i was like all right when are they gonna say a word this film let me, right let me, let me remember that when it happens but there and then when there... she said i'm sorry mod i think i was like oh my god somebody uttered a word in this film like yeah. holy shit did that yeah. actually happen there's <laughs> but there are movies where no one has a line for like 30 minutes and yeah. it's it's interesting so i thought it was just going to be like that i thought the dialogue was going to pick up after a certain period of time mm-hmm. and i was going to write it down and i think dp and i were on the same note or same idea of like i'm going to write it down i'm going to ask the guys on the podcast if they noticed it and you know that would be the pop quiz question when was the first line of dialogue in the movie but as the movie went on, I'm like, I realized, oh like, holy God. shit, they're, <laughs> they're going to make a movie where no one fucking talks. Yeah. And then when when they finally did utter a word, it's it's uh, kind of powerful. And I, 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 I think it's probably the entire message of the movie, right? I'm sorry, Mod. Right. Like, um, that was um, the whole thing. That yeah. was the whole thing. I kind of would have liked she was it. living if they didn't. with that regret. Mm-hmm. It also would have been cool if they didn't even have that line. Just go ahead and no, but I understand. I understand why they had her utter that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, she was like fraught in that state in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, she was kind of under the aliens' control, right? In that point, oh, that's right. She was being mm-hmm. kind of held by them. Yeah, right. not in the spaceship. I think this was outside of the. It's the parasite world, mm-hmm. yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. It yeah. was when she was uh uh living her parasite paradise. 
and she says, I'm sorry, Maude. And she yeah. realizes yeah. it's not real and she forces the thing out of it out of yeah. her mouth. So yeah, yeah well, that was like the whole point of the film was <clears throat> her regret was so power like that was the power that was holding her. That's mm-hmm. an interesting movie. It's that regret. <clears throat> you know what's was, what's what annoying to did. me? Imagine that, like living with that whole idea that that's you terrible that's fucking god awful that child. is that is a gut-wrenching idea yeah yeah that like because i've i've done things as a kid where hey spill the tea marky <laughs> i mean i remember one time in particular i was uh playing with a group of friends and this one friend pissed me off and i picked up a huge rock and i chucked it at him and he was taken off running and he was probably like 15 or so yards away and I always had a knack for when I was mad, I could hit people perfectly with like a ball or something, like a baseball or a tennis ball. You I turned it to Tom Brady. You could just fucking yeah, dude. put it right there. Right in the pocket. Dropping dimes. Right yeah. in the eye socket. <laughs> but I threw this huge rock at this kid and he turned around at the last second and put his hand up and it hit his hand and hit his Oof. head. And like if it if if it had just clocked him right on the head, who knows, man, it would have been possibly uh mm. No one will save you, kind of story. I said we, we we just brought it up a couple weeks ago. Like Andy's friend Brett Feldman, I fucking hit him with a baseball bat. I regret it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> like I know he doesn't he listen, broke his but, arm, but but once again, I'll say, I'll say it again because I still feel so horrible about that. Brett Feldman, if there's a million and one chance you're listening, I am sorry. Like that was such a shitty thing to do. I feel so terrible about it, but. Like I was a kid and I was stupid and I didn't realize the consequences of getting angry, you know, and that same thing happened to her, but she fucking killed her friend. Right. And yeah. And then had to go the rest of her life dealing with, you know, a consequence of like a childish reaction that like we all have childish reactions when we're children, but hers cost her the rest of her life. Yeah. You know? So she's in a small this, town. There's this point where down. she's writing uh, in her journal, like letters to Mod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't like thoroughly read what she was writing during those moments. Mm. When I watched it the second time, I think I'm going to more carefully read. Yeah, I, I, the words I, I, that she was saying to Mod. Thing, right. Yeah, I, I want to pause it and actually read the letter and see what it is. And the yeah, first yeah. one was, uh, "I saw your parents today," and it seems kind of like a, an innocuous statement. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm sure, using that sure. word correctly, yes, yeah. that's uh, when she hides behind the car when she sees the cop and the wife, and then you later learn those are Maud's parents, mm-hmm. and she's she's writing to Maud. Uh, yeah, I saw your parents today. Which right, is, that could mean Maud just lives far away. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mod to you know working some you know cool job in New York City you know mm-hmm. right and I even thought because no, that was Maud, also Maud did. It, that was also after she had gone to her mother's uh, mm-hmm. gravestone, gravestone there and so for me my first <clears> thought was like oh is Maud her sister right. like you know like I saw your parents her parent you know they have the same parents and sure. so like that that was my first thought was Maud was her sister that had like left town or something and yeah but the breadcrumbs the film the, the breadcrumbs the film leads leaves on the like um you know that that particular drama that the film is is working towards 
was was pretty brilliant like to, uh -huh. like you said you're not uttering a word of dialogue but you're able to convey to me exactly what happened you have to show it you showed me exactly what happened to this you know to mod you know what you know to, why why the spit in the face like why all that stuff happened like you're able to right. do that without dialogue and that's pretty impressive yeah yeah, that's what that if you look really on Rotten cool. Tomatoes right now, the audience score of this movie, which fifty nine, right? Fifty nine, as opposed to the ninety eight of the Covenant, which yeah, <laughs> fucking seriously, it's just I mean <laughs> the dum dums that yep, <laughs> you know. Look, I really applaud filmmakers that take a chance. Like you, know, mm -hmm. you don't always hit a home run, right? Mm -hmm. But the to to to. to to have a high concept like that with with hardly any dialogue, and to mix in the the science fiction aspect of it with the alien invasion, mm -hmm. is uh, is pretty interesting. And and you know what? That's why I gravitate to science fiction so much. And like, because it's about the ideas. And I think I love mm -hmm. those kind of ideas. And it wasn't just the science fiction ideas that I thought were great. I thought it was right. like the the metaphors and right. you know that were great in this too. So yeah. you know, and something that we haven't touched on yet, and I think they did a pretty damn good job, is the thriller aspect of the aliens, you know, the sneaking mm. around the 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 little noises, especially in the beginning. Yes. The like, sound effects in right. this movie were fucking A plus. And you just the see the shade behind the window. Were so good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very creepy, very well done. Mm -hmm. They did a good job with that. And yeah, you know what else I like too was the the feet of the aliens. Right, it, it looked like five toes, but then the five yeah. toes were like five individual feet. It was mm -hmm. yeah, really fucking cool looking. I loved their feet. <laughs> I know it's a weird random aspect, oh, like, a little bit but I though, thought their feet were cool. A lot of the movie, uh, like the were a lot of the aspect of the aliens was well treaded yeah but that was something that was a little different yeah yeah they were definitely like um based on the grays which mm -hmm. we know have been here a few times and um and they're saucers <laughs> i mean the government's told us now like they're here so yeah, the more i think about this movie i really dig the how how it explores the themes of you know the regret and, mm -hmm. and the grief that she's feeling. Yeah. And uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, and the ostracized, like being ostracized. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dealing with that. And yeah, it was. Fuck, I want to watch this again now. <laughs> and I like, AJ, what you said too, how there's even like an ass or a, a way of looking at it that the aliens aren't even real. It's just her way of processing what's happened to her. I, I like that idea. I don't know if I totally agree with it just because of the ending yeah. of the movie. Because no, I understand that. Unless understand she's that. like totally broken mentally at the end. Like it I don't doesn't really add up for me. But there she is She might be. She's smiling way maybe. too brightly at the end. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It and uh you mentioned the color palette several times in the beginning. It mm, it was yeah, just like I loved it. It was well shot. The editing was great. The sound effects were great. Um, it's you know just about a ten out of ten 
on the cameras and editing side of things, right. sound mixing, all of that. Yeah, you ever watch mm, a film the and you think to yourself, aspects. Yeah, you ever right. watch a Thank film you. like you ever watch a film and you think to yourself, "Damn, this is too damn dark." <laughs> Mm. This film has a lot of darkness and takes place yes. during the nighttime a lot, but because of some of the cool colors they're using, the darkness took on a mm. different kind of light in a way, right. or a different kind of yeah, yeah. And let you actually different... see what was happening, even though it was dark. Yeah, right. Which yeah, oh, there's lot, also a lot like of the um, don't do. Not that it's like that crucial of a detail. I just thought it was kind of neat, mm. but like, and she first notices that early on in the movie, it's almost like a crop circle. It's in her yard. Mm. It's like, there's like a burned circle in her yard. Right. Yeah. And then there are all, the all of them everywhere. And yeah. she's, yeah, you realize like there are hundreds of fucking aliens in this little yeah. town. Yeah. That I love that she movie. goes out. I love she goes out and starts watering the, yeah. She's just dead grass. Like she's yeah. watering it. I love her house, man. It's such a nice house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you guys want to give it a rating? I don't yeah, know absolutely. what to do with this because I, I, I need no. to see it again, but I did I did a appreciate it and I did like it enough to give it at least uh, an initial rating this time. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a four out of five and uh I'd I'd watch it again in the near future and it might go up or down a little bit, but I think a four out of five is pretty fair how I feel about it right now. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Barky. Like, I, I feel like I... Uh, yeah, a second watch could really tilt it one way or the other. But I think I'm just below four. I'm at like three... More than th- three and three quarter on this one. All right. Like, it definitely could right go was. Right above four or back down closer to three on a second viewing. But for now, I'm at three and three quarter. I'm I'm right there with you, the three and three quarter. But I think, upon second viewing, I feel like I will. My score will go up. I just I don't think know. you're right too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm with because you of my because of my like maybe, I don't know, lack of insight into or you know I don't mm-hmm. know what you want to call it. Into I don't know what you want to call it. I interpretation. I mean, it's it is interpretation. Yeah, yeah. connecting the dots on certain things like. I think a second viewing for me personally, just taking it individually, I think would do wonders to my score. Like for this film. Right. Like, yeah. And the like I said to you guys, the way that I rationalize the ending, it makes sense to me. So that's mm-hmm. the ending that um I like where she everybody on earth is getting uh infected with these parasites and they're being controlled and taken over by an alien race mm-hmm. um at the same time the aliens are kind of giving them this almost like a paradise by you know putting them in this dream state of their uh happy place mm-hmm. but uh yeah deep- her dream state is not happy so right uh, they yeah they, and the fact that everyone else is in a dream state is her happy place now, right? Right. So they just they they create yeah, a re- they create again. a real life happy place for her, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I don't know why they do it or why they're doing right. it. Besides, right. they're taking over the world, but like, and why do they feel the need to put everybody in this uh, paradise? Mm-hmm. But they like gave her, it to her. Her life at the beginning of it seemed okay. 
just yeah. a little em- just a little empty. Mm-hmm. Or she couldn't you know go I mean? into town. Right, and she couldn't wave to people. She couldn't connect with anybody. No, yeah. you know, no. the really aliens didn't. gave that back to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like almost, That's you know, even though they're taking over the world, they're like, you know, kind of good, they're kind of good aliens. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, big, and I, big I, bug-eyed I, aliens like you'd anticipate. The reason that I think I'm giving it a four was because of the stab at the originality. Um, mm-hmm. You yeah, I made a movie with zero dialogue, and you, other than that, made a sci-fi movie that has a lot more depth yes. than just it's, a topical sci-fi. It's got yes. a drama. It's got a lot more on it. its, its yeah. yeah, it's got a mm-hmm. lot more on its mind than, than originally, like, when you first start watching it, you really even think. Or even when you first see the alien that you think yeah. it's got on its mind is, you know, I mean, yeah, there's some seriously deep stuff going on in this film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at first I was thinking it was going to be just kind of like a, like a horror movie. It was going to be, right. you know, kind of like the ring, but with aliens. And then all of a sudden it like, it got deep and thoughtful and like way more than I was expecting from it. So Right, yeah. Caitlin Dever, something... right? Like, oh, yeah. excellent, so That's good. I, I was so impressed with this her performance. She's, she was superb. Yeah, yeah. It's that's what's upsetting to me is that the the score and even the critics' score was uh, much lower on this one. I had it pulled up mm. just a minute ago. It was in the eighties, like eighty three. Yeah, but yeah, for the 81, critics, eighty one critics, but the um, critics for the Covenant was like ninety three. You know, yeah. and like, come on now, like, there's nothing really? in that movie. Yeah, yeah that again, yeah, that was just a bunch of fluff. Mm-hmm. Or is this one really fucking tried to do something and yeah. say something and say something without ever saying anything, you, which was so you, fucking impressive? <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for what a few years now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I find myself like more and more seeking out films like this that are more, you know, yeah. daring to take a chance to try something new. Mm-hmm. Versus of the same old shit. You know Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think again, I would, like reality. I would challenge, I would challenge both of you, like, to do that as much as you can. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I know you probably do, but to seek that stuff out, I think, is rewarding. Yeah. 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 Like the one we just watched, reality. Like where they tried something totally fucking different. I know yeah. I wasn't as uh, into it as you you guys were, but. I do. I I appreciated them trying something new. I thought that right. was fucking it's good. Worth like, sh- go for it's something. It's worth watching. New. Go for it. Worth, yeah. Right. And it's worth watching to see mm-hmm. how they did 100%. it. Yeah. See how they approached it. See how they attacked it. Mm-hmm. How they like. Yeah. So, like you said, it, it wasn't like they used creativity in the writing because they used a you know transcript from an actual right. interview, but but the actors, the mm-hmm. actors really stepped up and and had to. They had to show off. Yeah. They, had to, they had to do their thing, and you know, yeah. I'm. I'm more and more. I find myself gravitating towards things off the beaten path that are just different, mm-hmm. especially in speculative fiction and like anything science fiction related that's thought provoking with new ideas. And the smaller the film, sometimes the better. Like I don't need some big blockbuster space opera. Like I just mm, no. need something with a great idea that they commit to it and put 
you know, like love and care into the craft of the film, you know? Right. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, boys. And this one uh, does. Like, I think this one does. No, they do. It, totally. it, it like checks, it checks off a lot of those boxes for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I do. I totally felt like they totally were paying homage to uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, think they right. definitely were like show like the I I bet the writer director there Brian Duffield or Duffield was mm. a huge fan of that movie growing up. Like he had mm. to be right, you know, like yeah, with the yeah. way those uh, the flying saucers were shaped and the aliens and. The light beam coming down that was totally yeah an homage to an all-time great film and him putting his own spin on that type of movie i thought was fucking great right at about a hundred at about 93 minutes right yeah yeah it's a nice tight one too which is cool yeah yeah like you don't really need to waste people's time with like extra crap in a movie just Mm -hmm. just tell the story you want to tell in the time you need to tell it. Like I feel like yeah. so many movies add so much nonsense to their friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't need to be there. Lately, lately we've been yeah. watching a lot of short films, shorter mm. films, right? Like even last week we weren't on the air, but the four pick a movies were all right around that 90 minute mark. And like, yes, so I, it's a good, it's a good place to be. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. So I was um, just to think like it was like comedies that were just the 90 minute films, but no, it doesn't have to be. It could be the other stuff too, thought provoking right. stuff. Um I already forget what I watched last week. <laughs> Guess we well, didn't end up talking about significant it. Significant other. Oh, that's right. That that was fucking good, man. Yeah, like I said, I was um, another sci-fi film that's like you uh, know doing something a little bit different, just yeah. a little bit different, trying something else. I was a little on the fence for good, like the first fifteen twenty minutes, but by the before, end, right, it's like God damn, yeah. And letting the actors like breathe in the roles, like let them mm-hmm. like sort of um, live in the roles a little bit, like yeah. fucking I thought plop those two was did a great. good job. Yeah, <laughs> big fan. Listen, listen, it's Jake Lacey yeah. is in plop, the movie yeah. who's plop on the office. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that was a good one. So check out, yeah, the significant. He was, he was other. the one. That, he was the one that ended up with Eric, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And and the ritual and, too that we Kimmy uh, Schmidt. Yes. Yeah, I love the Kimmy unbreakable Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. The ritual was another one that we. Uh, Ritual. We talked a lot about that one. Yeah, yeah. That's another one yeah. that was 90, ninety minutes. minutes. Like it's it's not a complicated story, but it's just mm-hmm. it gets its point across, and, and it's you know just a good thriller. You know what, Mark? You know what that film makes me want to do, and I love when films do this to me. They make me want to explore like like some of the some of those like folk stuff or the myths or the Nordic stuff. Like it makes mm-hmm. like if it makes me want to learn more about something else right, and start well. googling like, shit right? yeah yeah <laughs> and i like that i like that a lot so then there was source code and then what was the other chronicle chronicle yeah yeah chronicle my god that, they, was, that was one of the darkest things i've seen in a while that I, mm-hmm. oh I might have to put that on right now i haven't seen chronicle in a long time yeah, yeah. so dark 
Oof. Yeah. I'd never but, seen it either. Mm. But yeah. and all especially them, like the first the first half of Chronicle 2 is like really kind of cool. It's like this like wish fulfillment type story of like, oh, if you and your friends got superpowers, what would you do? And they and, keep you know, getting reckless and more and reckless and more reckless. Deeper and deeper and deeper. And it just gets so fucking dark by the end. So Holy dark. shit. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That movie's got a black heart, man. I'll tell you, mm-hmm. it's so dark. Yeah. It scared me. It was so dark. Like mm. I almost I, I had to turn away at like a point towards the end. I was like, I don't even uh, it's so dark. Yeah. But so like so good. So mm. like yeah. It it affected me emotionally, that movie. It was so it was so yeah, almost like not evil. It was just like human nature. What what, yeah. what that right, but what that could what power like like that kind of power can do to mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah, and they always say, you know, like power corrupts and power corrupts, absolute yeah. power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. And yeah. yeah, that's what happened 100%. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. that's like a really good ass. film. That's a really good film. I'm surprised yeah. I'd never seen that. Yeah, it I looks know. like one of Michael B. Jordan's first films. He looks yeah, so it was, very it was pre Fruitvale Station, put it that way. Yeah, yeah it came God. up before that. And he is dynamite in that. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Yeah, he's just it's like a born a born like movie star, you know. Star. Yeah, totally. You could see it in that. Act. <laughs> Act, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Act. He was very Gary Johnson esque. Yeah. <laughs> so Gary Johnson esque in that. Like so Gary Johnson esque. Um, but yeah, so I would love to like actually like our conversation off areas last week was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we had a good just time. Put the listeners. On- we, we we had a little issue at the uh, before we were gonna record, and so we just hung out and fucking talked to each other about movies, the way we used to do before we decided to make it a podcast. And uh, yeah, we just sat around and shot the shit about the movies we watched, and it was a uh, yeah a, a fun conversation. And so we we had to make sure we came back this week and actually gave you guys a podcast while we right. talked about movies. Yeah, and I'm glad we did because the, the 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 second movie that we talked about tonight was 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 worth a podcast episode. Just yes, yeah, I agree. It definitely was because yeah. it's it's different. It's interesting. It's yeah, one of those ones that I think people should fucking go and watch. This is one that I will recommend to people. Yes, I think I will too. I know one. my ratings a little bit lower than like. You know something that I would love, but it's only be- my only reservation is just like my There's so co- much going on. My yeah. my my understanding of it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's all. That's on me. Right. I need to watch it again. I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. So, and I will, and I will. I'll watch it yeah. again. I I will let I will let our our um you know our fans know when I re-rated that thing because I mm. guarantee that will happen. I think I will probably rewatch it before our next episode. So, yeah, especially after talking tonight, and then by like Monday when I have to like listen back to edit this podcast, and right. I'm going to hear us talking about it. It's really going to make me fucking go back and watch this movie. So I'll definitely watch it before we talk again. But yeah, so, yeah, why not? Right? Like, right? It's, 
I love doing that. I love revisiting uh, uh, films that challenge challenged me the first time. Right. It's challenging my intellect, or I don't know, my my you know coherence of the film, like whatever it is. Yeah, I love going back and seeing it again. Totally. Yeah, and I'm telling you, like I don't know why I'm gravitating so much towards these like shorter sci-fi films, but there's a lot of great stuff out there. It's not yeah. even just sci-fi. There's a lot of great small films out there that we need to see. I'm, I'm, I am leaning like when I see a movie that's like two hours plus, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to devote my time to that. Right. If I see something at ninety minutes, I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll put it on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I because definitely like, got ninety minutes to kill. Two and a half hours, not so much, but ninety minutes, yeah, I can do that for sure. I think like <laughs> the filmmaker, like they've really edited this thing down and made it like. A tight story yeah at 90 minutes like yeah know, it's, it's got to be a really really epic story for you or to Quentin need Tarantino two film. and a half movies uh, two and a half hours to tell it right like right yeah like, like uh, uh once upon a time in hollywood really That's... was like a fucking epic story it took some time to tell avengers end game that was a epic story right. that Goodfellas. took some time to tell i mean these are these are yeah. films that like you know they Especially Goodfellas, it's a period piece. It's telling like a true story of a, an account of like a, a guy's life in the mob. Like, right. you know, it's going to take a little while to get through some of the stuff. Like, I get that. That's fine. Those are masterpieces. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think. But those are like, really few and far between. So for the most right. part, like. I got it, a niche taste in these smaller films now, and I like yeah. that. I'm proud mm-hmm. that I have that taste. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I'm not steering away from that. I'm steering into that skid, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a good one to steer into for sure. Yeah. Well, if, for a lot, like for a while now, though, it's been almost a thing to just make a two-hour-plus movie just to, just to have it, just to do mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pointless. Like the Covenant. Like you said, there's 30 minutes you could have cut out of that. Yeah, easy. Yeah, like like him pushing that cart up the mountain was like. 25 minutes and that could have been yeah. five minutes right there like yeah. easy you know and yeah there, there was a lot of extra shit that didn't really contribute to telling the story you know yeah i understand that like the time it part of that is like the amount of time it took him to push the car to the mountain right it was the, you know the, character the amount building of, type right, stuff, right. the but, amount of time yeah. it took jake gyllenhaal to uh, exhaust all of his options in the states, mm-hmm. trying to get Ahmed back over to the states. Like, and then by the time I see him, it's like, oh, it's been so long. Like, yeah, it's been so long for all of us. I've been watching this movie for right. fucking yeah. ever. <laughs> right. But like, you still could have like, get on done, with it. You still could have just done a montage, and like, the movie's not that right. great to where like it really made any more powerful effect. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that, you, a can, you can tell that's what the attempt was, right? Like, right. as you see him, like, making all the sound effects, <laughs> right. the car, yeah. like, I'm supposed to feel that something was right the now. point. I was like, all right, come on, <laughs> I'm supposed to feel something for this guy. All right, fine, yeah, all right, obligatory feel. I'm feeling something <laughs> because I have to right now. Uh, whatever, you know, that's why we review them, you yeah. Know? You know, we already we know that uh, Rod Tomatoes is corrupt. Yeah, big time. You know, so we're just reviewing them on our own, our own opinions and our own merits. Mm-hmm. So, 
Hey, by speaking of 90 minutes, I think whenever it comes to streaming, hopefully it's soon, we need to review bottoms. Oh, yes, that's on your telling spot. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it's night, it's 88 minutes. Another perfect one. Okay. Uh, but it's maybe the best comedy of the year. Oh, right wow. Now. Yeah. To me, for me, for 2023. Mm-hmm. And whereas in September, right. it's my favorite comedy of the year. Okay. Check that one out. Oh my god, it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> well, I want to go find of, something to watch right now. Mm. Yeah, seek something out, man. Like we owe that to each other as like podcast mates, right? To like right. find find these things. You know, like we've like whoever I mean, not the I mean uh no one will save you was a spotlight on Hulu, but I don't know if it was UTP that recommended it. Yeah. Like we need to do that as often as we can to mm-hmm. for each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of what started this whole podcast is us like, oh, you've never seen that? You should watch it. And then we get back together and talk about it after the said person watched right. it. And yeah. Yeah. So but, this is a good um, one. This is a good one. This reinvigorated my uh, movie love. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, all right. Uh, you guys see what do you say? You want to start wrapping things up tonight? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm down. Um oh, oh actually before we go, uh our CEO, uh Tim, he he said TW, you got anything you want to say? I love little children. <laughs> All right, well we knew that. But uh right. is, is anything there new? anything uh anything new you want to tell us? Yeah, I'd like to be a low level meth dealer. <laughs> Again. Oh. We know that one, but uh, as you're saying, do you, uh, movies. You you into seeing movies? Yeah, let's go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Everyone knows movies there, so well. <laughs> is there anything besides? Is there anything besides watching movies you'd rather be doing? Uh, well, I love little children. Oh wow! What, what about video games? Do you have any? Oh, well, I mean, that's why. That? Yeah, is that why you're not here tonight? No, you're cutting into my video game time. <laughs> right, it all, all makes right. sense now. So, yeah, children, math, video games, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, a little uh, edibles. Yeah, I'm gonna have a brownie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, I'm so to... glad he could contribute even yeah. when he's not here. <laughs> Starting to uh, get a feel of TW's extracurriculars here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no gay jokes! That hasn't changed! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we, we weren't saying your extracurriculars were you having gay sex, but I mean, that's how you took it. Okay. Oh, sorry, TW. <laughs> So, all right, boys. So let's call it a night. This was uh this was fucking great. I I, I love talking about these two movies. These were yeah. uh good ones to talk about it, and I fucking love talking about movies with you guys. So all the time. Uh, this man. Uh, this was fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, before we, we go, oh yeah, go ahead, Marnie. Oh, real quick, I was just gonna kind of reiterate. I'm glad that we were able to kind of not shit on. Well, we did a little bit. But, mm. you know, degrade 
the higher rated movie and elevate the lower rated movie. Yes. You no, know, it's because the other movie, yeah, no one will save you. It's definitely the better movie. It is. Go watch and that. You can take is... anything from this podcast. We have a, re- we have a response. That. Yeah, we have a responsibility to recommend yeah. good films and yeah. to mm-hmm. steer steer people away from like, you know, the, the thing that they might be fooled by by a rating. Exactly. Right. But yeah, that right. actually isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Guy Ritchie's The Covenant was. Right, exactly. There was nothing new there. It was filler. It was airplane filler. Mm-hmm. And the No One Will Save You was an original movie that was yeah. enjoyable and it had good content. 100%. So, um, yeah, so out there, if you, you watch these two movies and got anything uh, you want to share with us about them, make sure you hit us up on social media. Please. You can find us at Movie Council Pod. You can send us an email to moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, make sure you rate and review the podcast. It helps us out. We appreciate it. Send us an email and disagree with me. A lot of people do. So yeah. Yeah. If you disagree, let us know. Come (laughs) at me, bro. (laughs) For reals. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that'll do it for tonight. So for myself and for AJ and for Marky, we say thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will talk to you again very soon. Good night. Night, night. Good night. The Movie Council is adjourned. <laughs>